Hey everyone, welcome back to the More Plants podcast. In today's episode, part one of a two-part series, I'll be talking about some of those frequently asked questions we get as vegans and the tips and resources that have helped so many of you and that have helped me on my journey into veganism. Hi there, and welcome to More Plants, a vegan podcast by Bramble that helps you start, continue, and enjoy eating plant-based for your health, the animals, and the planet. I'm Kim Sujavolsky, your host and certified plant-based cook and educator. In this podcast, you'll find all the practical tips, resources, and support you'll need to make your journey easy and sustainable, no matter where you are along this path. To learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog, visit bramble.com. And now, Let's dive into today's episode. Our answers to these will not only help you on your journey, but they might help you be able to answer the many questions you'll get as you share with people that you've embarked upon this change. Today, we're going to cover the first nine questions with everything from what do vegans eat? Where do vegans get protein and other nutrients? Are vegan meats safe to eat? How to build a healthy and balanced vegan meal? Why don't vegans eat dairy and eggs? Questions related to calcium, omega-3s, iron, vitamin B12. We talk about whether or not a vegan diet is difficult to maintain, if it's too radical, and so much more. In some, I'll give you a brief rundown. In others, I'll also be sharing videos, links to other posts, and resources to tackle these topics more in depth if you need to. That way you can find the question you've been wondering about the most and get all of the information and support you may need. With topics related to nutrition or medical concerns, although all of the information I'm providing has been supported and checked by our in-house doctor, Bramble's co-founder, I'll be sure to guide you to my favorite qualified plant-based doctors and registered dietitian nutritionists and their resources for a really in-depth look into some of these issues and topics and you can get so much more by checking out those resources and as always all of the resources will be in the show notes. The topics that we'll be talking about today are only a glimpse into what we cover in our online course The Roadmap. This is the ultimate guide that teaches you how to go vegan safely, deliciously and handle any and every aspect of becoming vegan, or when simply trying to make more vegan choices. You can check out all that is included by visiting bramble.com forward slash the roadmap and take a look at everything that's included. And this is the perfect segue into hearing a little bit more about what is included in the course. This episode is brought to you by our online course, The Roadmap. The Roadmap is an online course that will help guide the way if you're newly vegan, thinking of becoming vegan, or wanting to take more steps in this direction. Module by module, we take you by the hand through every step, covering topics like finding your motivation and having the right mindset when making this change, to how to build a nutritionally balanced plate, how to shop, prep, stay on budget, plan your meals, travel, get organized, and navigate every social situation as a vegan and so many others. 
There is no stone left unturned, and we do it all with that approach you love so much, in which missteps are welcome and there is no such thing as perfection. And of course, it includes the most delicious recipes and menu ideas. There is so much more included in this course, so head on over to brownwell.com forward slash the roadmap to watch our video trailer to see the full list of modules, lessons, and recipes, pricing, and more. Again, that's bramble.com forward slash the roadmap. Now on with the show. Okay. Are you ready? Here are our answers to common questions vegans get asked or might have themselves. The first one is, what do vegans eat? The short answer, vegans eat everything except animal products or food containing animal products, i.e. we exclude meat, and this includes meat from cows, pigs, chickens, lambs, turkeys, etc., fish and other seafood, as well as dairy, eggs, and honey. Vegans eat the hundreds of different varieties of vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, mushrooms, legumes, grains, and all of the wonderful plant-based alternatives to old-time favorites, opting for the vegan version of these products. For example, having oat or almond milk instead of cow's milk, non-dairy butter instead of dairy-based butter, vegan alternatives to meats, cheeses, all of these. And of course, all of the wonderful ingredients that you can put together to make all of your favorites, but in their vegan versions. Now, the long answer is this. We eat burgers, lasagna, sushi, pasta, veggie bowls, pizza, cakes, salads, cupcakes, pies, pancakes, barbecues, delicious roasts, sandwiches, burritos, tacos, Indian food, Italian food, Ethiopian food, Chinese food, Japanese food, any favorite you used to love as a meat eater, but made with plant-based ingredients instead of meat or dairy-based ingredients. Another question that vegans get asked quite frequently, and we've tackled some of these topics in previous episodes of the podcast, but it's as follows. Is a vegan diet healthy and complete, nutritionally speaking? Here's the short answer. It depends on what you eat. We tend to think that a meat-based diet is healthy and balanced simply because the majority of people eat this way. We think people are alive and thriving and that that makes it the complete and healthy way to eat. Health depends on so many factors, including but not limited to genetics, lifestyle habits like smoking, consumption of alcohol, whether you engage in a form of physical exercise or have an active lifestyle, rest and sleep, stress management, and of course, all of these social determinants of health, such as having access to quality health care, access to food, time in your schedule to prepare meals, and so many others. When it comes to your dietary choices, here's the long answer. No diet, neither meat-based nor plant-based, is healthy and complete, nutritionally speaking, just because. It can be, provided that you eat and plan your meals, making sure to reach your nutrient needs, which also vary from person to person, by the way. So a better question to ask is this. Can a vegan diet or plant-based diet provide me with all the nutrients I need in order to be healthy? According to the American Dietetics Association, and I'm quoting here, appropriately planned vegetarian diets, including total vegetarian or vegan diets, are healthful, nutritionally adequate, and may provide health benefits in the prevention and treatment of certain diseases. Well-planned vegetarian diets are appropriate for individuals during all stages of the life cycle, including pregnancy, lactation, infancy, childhood, and adolescence, 
and for athletes. I'm going to provide a link where you can read the full position paper of the American Dietetics Association on vegan and vegetarian diets. And I want you to note the words appropriately planned. As humans, especially in today's day and age, we love that idea of something perfect just by definition. A little magic switch we flip and suddenly all of our food and eating problems are solved for good. I'd love to be at the front lines of putting an end to this magical way of thinking when it comes to veganism and instead inspire you to take the reins of your own way of eating, placing some attention on it as we learn the basics without excessive worry or obsession and learning a new approach, which will soon become second nature and you won't even have to think about it. Any diet we eat should include knowledge about what we need and how to include it. Once you learn the basics, eating vegan isn't just sufficient. It can be incredibly health supportive and it's actually quite simple once you find your sweet spot and learn some of those basics. So I want to recommend some must read books and resources and articles on complete nutrition for vegans. All of these will be linked to learn how to build a balanced vegan diet and how to meet your nutrient needs as a vegan. I absolutely love, and you've heard me mention them countless times before, and I've been recommending their work for years, and they're still my top sources to recommend. (laughs) I love the work of registered dietitians Virginia Messina and Jack Norris, and their Vegan for Life food guide was previously known as The Plant Plate, as well as Virginia Messina's book, Vegan for Her, which was specially written for all of the stages of a woman's life and the book that they both co-wrote, Vegan for Life. It's both for men and women. And these were my nutrition Bibles when going vegan. It is such an incredible book. All of these are incredible books. And their websites, veganhealth.org by registered dietitian Jack Norris and theveganrd.com by Virginia Messina, they offer fantastic information veganhealth.org is a massive, very comprehensive research, always up to date. And Jack Norris offers great charts and up-to-date information on all of those daily nutrient needs, requirements, what supplements to take as a vegan, what sources of each nutrient can be found in plants, all of those things. Another resource I would love to recommend is Taylor Wolfram's Vegan Nutrition Online Course. This includes an easy and practical way to learn about vegan nutrition without obsession or restriction. This is a big part of the work she does. And her blog, which can be found at taylorwolfram.com, it also has hundreds of great articles on how to get nutrients such as calcium, iron, omega-3s, iodine, protein, and more. And she also has an Instagram account full of helpful daily tips on plant-based nutrition and health. Virginia Messina has one as well. So go check out those resources. Now, I'm also very happy to recommend a special resource. She's a wonderful friend of mine. And although that makes me somewhat biased, I respect and know of her through her work and she's an amazing professional and especially if you're an athlete and also planning to go vegan I would love to recommend the work of registered dietitian nutritionist Amanda Wagner who you might know on Instagram as fueling veggie athletes and through her website amandawagnernutrition.com and she 
has a special focus on vegan nutrition for athletes, but she also does counseling for us regular folks on the plant-based or vegan path that want to have a consultation with a professional and make sure we're getting all of those nutrient needs met. So you can go and have check out all of the ways she offers um, to work with her. She has great information on plant-based nutrition in general, great information for athletes. She's an athlete herself. She offers one-to-one counseling and many other services that I will be linking to. And I highly recommend her and her work. She is a wonderful human and a wonderful professional that I am very proud to share here. Any of these resources will be great guides to ensure you meet nutrient needs as a vegan and supplement when needed. And you know this by now, hopefully, always supplementing vitamin B12, a must for vegans. Let's talk a little bit about vegan protein, because this is a <laughs> probably what most people would say. It's the question they get asked the most frequently. I disagree with this characterization. So that question would be, how do you get your protein? A lot of people say that this is the question they've been asked the most. It has never been the question I've been asked the most. The question I've been asked the most is, why did you go vegan? And we're going to have an upcoming series on that very soon. But protein, yes, it's up there. Where do vegans get their protein? How to get vegan protein? What are some common vegan protein sources? So first, let's break protein down a little bit. Protein is a macronutrient that is made up of 20 different amino acids, nine of which are called essential amino acids, which means we need to get them from the food we eat since our bodies can't produce them on their own. All essential amino acids can be found in plant foods, but of course, certain vegan sources of protein are higher than others and contain a greater variety of these amino acids. To put it in very, very simplistic terms, our bodies will combine the amino acids we take in through food and build protein like little Legos. Protein isn't this one big magical thing that animal products provide. Our bodies are biochemical ninjas that will take amino acids and make the protein that we need. It does not differentiate whether these amino acids came from a pig or a black bean, provided that we get enough of them. By eating a vegan diet and learning what the largest sources of plant-based protein are, not only can we give our bodies what they need to thrive, but we're skipping the saturated fat, the cholesterol, the growth hormones, the antibiotics, etc., that are so prevalent in meat-based sources of protein. You do not need to over-obsess over counting the grams you take in. Just make sure you're eating plenty of these protein-rich foods throughout the day. So what are the best sources of protein for vegans? Sources that are high in the amino acid lysine, which can be a little bit more scarce in other plant foods. And that means one thing. It means legumes. Legumes are kings and queens in the vegan protein department. Opting for three plus servings of legumes per day in the form of beans, lentils, soy milk, peanuts and or peanut butter, peas, tofu or tempeh, soy, pea or other legume-based vegan meats is what is most regularly recommended. And you can check out the resources that I am going to provide when it comes to vegan nutrition to see if you're among certain groups that perhaps need to increase that a little bit and going over those three servings. But again, I said three plus servings, so still counts. I like to think of this as a source of protein in every meal. 
And I personally have always felt better by also adding it in snacks. And this sort of gives me a little bit of more wiggle room to build perhaps a meal that was different or original in that it didn't have the usual components. And it just gives me a lot of flexibility. So that's how I like to think of it. Of it. <laughs> I think of it as a protein source, a legume-based protein source in every meal and snack. For specifics when it comes to what a serving size looks like, because it's not just having a little bit, there are serving sizes to sort of complete that requirement of those three plus servings a day. You can check out a wonderful article by Taylor Wolfram. She talks about the importance of eating enough calories so that protein is used for tissue repair and other important functions instead of energy needs and how much protein is needed. I love that article. I'm going to be linking to it in the show notes. And it's very helpful to understand the basics of how to get enough protein as a vegetarian or vegan. Very helpful resource. Now, what about all the other nutrients. What are vegan sources of calcium, iron, omega-3s, which we typically associate with animal products? Well, just as there are plant-based sources of protein, there are vegan sources of calcium, iron, omega-3s, and on and on I go with all of the other required nutrients that we need to take in from food. We've been taught that we need to consume milk, meat, and fish for these big three, right? Calcium, iron, omega-3s. But here's something I didn't know before I went vegan. The reason why these animals are sources of these nutrients is because they got them from plants. The animals we eat or once ate are sources of these nutrients because they were once living bodies that ate foods that provided them. So we can skip the middle animal and go straight to the good stuff while again skipping the hormones, the antibiotics, the saturated fat, the cholesterol, not to mention the strain on our environmental resources. And of course, the main reason why we're probably all here, the harm done to animals. Just because there are great sources of these nutrients in vegan foods doesn't automatically mean, however, that we are getting enough of them. It's important to be intentional and make space in our meals for these high calcium, high omega-3 or high iron sources within a vegan diet. So I'm going to give you some hints as to what these are. Great plant-based food sources of calcium are green leafy vegetables, but in particular, kale, collard greens, turnip greens, mustard greens, and bok choy. These greens, which are also low in oxalates, which can decrease the absorption of calcium, are king when it comes to vegan sources of calcium. These are the big ones that you want to focus on. You can saute them, serve them in salads, add them to smoothies, soups, and so much more. Another great option and so easy to keep in the house and just enjoy in what you already enjoy are calcium fortified plant milks. Just make sure, read the ingredients, make sure there's a form of calcium in there. Orange juice is another source, calcium fortified orange juice. Calcium set tofu, where some form of calcium like calcium sulfate is used in the process of making the tofu and is listed within the nutrition label. Other foods to include that can also add up towards our calcium intake as vegans are tempeh, almonds, almond butter, and tahini, and that's sesame seed paste. 
as well as navel oranges, beans, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, dried figs, and other dried fruit, and smaller amounts in other foods within the vegan diet. But I want you to always think of the top three that I mentioned as your main sources. Read more on calcium requirements and calcium supplementation and high calcium sources and examples of how to include them throughout the day in the article that I will be providing in the show notes. Let's talk about some iron sources. So I love to repeat these and I know I've talked about this endlessly before, but I'd love to repeat these because the more we hear them, the more they're going to be in our minds when we're building meals and remember those important nutrients. So great plant-based sources of iron are beans like kidney beans, chickpeas, white beans, edamame, pinto beans, etc. Lentils, tofu and tempeh, green leafy vegetables like spinach and Swiss chard, which aren't the best when it comes to calcium due to their higher oxalate content, which shows you this is why variety of different foods is important because although they're not the best sources of calcium, they are the king sources of iron. So it's great to have variety and mix things up. They are fantastic when it comes to iron intake as a vegan. Fortified cereals and bars are a super easy way to get your nutrient needs met when it comes to iron. Molasses is another good source. Other foods, but in lesser amounts, things like oatmeal, dried figs, cashews, almonds, pistachios, and even potatoes. Now, the iron found in plant foods is called non-heme iron and is plentiful, plentiful in plant-based foods. The issue for vegans lies more in the lower absorption rate of this mineral when compared to the type of iron found in animal products, which is called heme iron. This doesn't mean, however, that as a vegan, you won't be able to meet your needs of this essential nutrient. There are many things you can do to help increase absorption when eating vegan foods high in iron, The biggest one is to accompany meals high in iron, like the ones I mentioned, with foods high in vitamin C. This is such a helpful tool and tip to help you boost that absorption of the non-heme iron. And just aim for enough of these so that you have at least 50 milligrams of vitamin C. There has to be enough of the vitamin C in the meal to help with that iron absorption. What are vitamin C rich foods? Foods like bell peppers, yellow and red, citrus fruits and their juices, things like orange, lemon, grapefruit, kiwi, strawberries, broccoli, so many other sources within the plant kingdom. And so it's very easy to sort of combine them with some of those iron rich foods and make sure you have a good pairing there. Another thing that can help increase absorption is to avoid taking a calcium supplement with meals that are high in iron. Also to avoid drinking coffee or tea with meals high in iron. And another thing that helps, and I highly recommend because cooking in these is a dream, is to get yourself a good cast iron pan. Little bits of that iron will be sort of leach into your food and help you with your iron intake. It's pretty wild, but it does help. Now, let's talk a little bit about omega-3 fatty acids in the form of ALA, which your body can then convert to EPA and DHA. 
Sources of these are ground flax seeds, and it's very important that they are ground up or you won't be able to digest them properly. Chia seeds are also a great source, hemp seeds, walnuts, flaxseed oil, and a little reminder not to use flaxseed oil in cooking because it is a very heat sensitive oil. So use it in things like salad dressings, add it to a smoothie, have a spoonful, use it and, you know, to drizzle over steamed vegetables, whatever you want, but don't cook with it. Canola oil, soy oil, these are other oils that have omega-3s and of course to supplement when needed or as extra insurance with a vegan EPA and DHA algae-based supplement. So why am I talking about EPA and DHA? This is actually what we talk about when we talk about our need for omega-3s. Our bodies absorb the fatty acid ALA called alpha-linoleic acid from foods like the ones I just mentioned, and then transforms it into EPA and DHA, which are basically super cool brain food superheroes. And for more on this nutrient, as well as supplementation for vegans, I'm leaving some great articles. Taylor Wolfram has a wonderful article on omega-3s. I'm linking to some other ones, how much we need, and some of the cool science behind it. It's a very interesting nutrient. There are many other nutrients, of course, that are important for vegans and non-vegans to take into account, including iodine, choline, vitamin D, vitamin A, zinc, vitamin B12, which is a must for vegans to supplement or make sure to include enough fortified foods. All of these nutrients are important for good health, which is why it's so important to learn a little bit about plant sources to just ensure you're meeting all your nutrient needs. It's important to get regular blood work done and to supplement when needed under the care of your physician and or registered dietitian nutritionist. And once you learn the basics, you know the basics and you'll be building your meals without a a second thought. The next question we're going to tackle today is, I understand why vegans don't eat meat, but why don't vegans eat dairy or eggs? For some, especially when looking at the why of veganism from an ethical standpoint, i.e. not wanting to hurt animals, not eating meat is kind of easy to understand because it's the body of an animal, right? But eggs and milk are a bit harder to grasp as they are for many people considered simple byproducts and thought to be something, I don't know, the animals just produce and have no need for. Vegans choose to not eat dairy or eggs for a number of reasons. For the fact that it is better for the environment, less resources are used and less waste is produced in plant agriculture when compared to animal agriculture. And for the fact that these products are part of what to me are two of the cruelest parts of our animal agriculture system, and those are the egg and dairy industries. They are not just simple byproducts, these products, and the animals that produce these foods often receive just as horrible treatment and live in terrible conditions, just as what we've seen happen to animals raised for meat. There is animal abuse happening in most steps of the chain, from the way egg-laying hens are bred to make them produce many more eggs than would naturally be the case, producing many different health problems for these animals, to let's say the transport of animals, which is often exempt from animal welfare regulations. And transport is so often just outside of the scope that, you know, what 
a bill or law is passed to help protect animals, it's often just sort of the stage of the process is bypassed in a way. And the treatment of these animals in dairy farm or egg laying facilities, procedures done without anesthesia. And of course, the process will always, always involve the eventual slaughter of the animal when it can no longer produce milk or eggs because they are seen as the producers of these products. They're a product in and of themselves. In the case of dairy cows, the problem goes even deeper since cows need to be pregnant in order to lactate just like us. This means in order to take their milk, we must separate the calves from their mothers at a very, very early age. The calves are then killed for meat as part of the veal industry. And this is just sadly, very sadly, this just scratches the surface. To explain this issue in greater detail and with as much sensitivity as you know I love to do, I will soon be posting an updated version of our Why Vegan series of podcast episodes where we'll tackle the health benefits of a vegan diet, veganism and the environment, the animals and more with a specific episode on eggs and dairy. If you're wondering about free range and grass fed animals or animals raised in smaller farms, I want you to stay tuned for next week's episode, part two of this series, and we're going to discuss this issue specifically. The next question vegans often get asked is, isn't eating and being vegan too extreme or radical? I love getting this question. I love it because I understand it and I understand it because I thought this for years. I could see how ethical and admirable this choice was, but I thought it was only for a special elite of strict yogic hippies that didn't love meat the way that I did. I felt it was too extreme and I even felt it was unnecessary. So yes, I get it. But here's what happened. I did my research and decided to go vegan because I realized a few things. First thing, it isn't radical or extreme to eat the fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds, and legumes that healthy populations around the world have been eating for centuries. We can get our nutrients from them instead of animals and help support our health and even aid in the prevention of certain diseases or lower our risk along the way. How could that be radical or extreme? The second thing I realized, what we're doing to animals in our agriculture system is beyond what you could imagine in your greatest nightmares. And you know this if you've dared to watch some of the footage that is out there that sadly is a regular thing, all for our desire to eat certain foods and satisfy a craving for a food that we don't need in order to thrive. All of this felt radical and extreme. The third thing I realized is it takes such a toll on resources and the environment due to the fact that we need to feed, hydrate, house, transport, and look after these animals with resources, food, and water that could go to those in need. All of this felt radical and extreme to me. The fourth thing I realized is we often rely on minorities, immigrants, and people who struggle with financial insecurity to do the jobs most of us wouldn't be able to do. 
of killing and rendering these animals into food products in an industry that is stressful, violent, that doesn't offer fair compensation or safety and protection to workers, and that desensitizes them to this violence and suffering. This felt radical and extreme to me. It's often a part of veganism not talked about in vegan circles, and it's one that has been very important to me and that I will be having a specific episode on in that upcoming series. To me, a vegan diet is the simple substitution of a meat-based ingredient for a plant-based one to make exactly the same delicious dishes I used to love, only with a kinder, lighter footprint on the earth. The only reason it could feel radical or extreme right now is because we are... And by that, I mean vegans, we are still a smaller number of people, but this is changing in leaps and bounds. Eating delicious veggie burgers, vegan pizza, vegan sushi, vegan pancakes, delicious fruits and veggies, vegan lasagna, delicious vegan bowls with all of those fresh, wonderful toppings. Radical? I'm Not to me. Awesome, trailblazing, absolutely. Especially when you notice that veganism isn't about being perfect. It's a change that involves a learning curve and that like any new thing can be exciting. It can also have its challenges, but it can also be life-changing. If you need support on how to go vegan, how to make this transition safely at your own pace, deliciously, and while keeping the peace at home, if you share your life with non-vegans, Take a look at our course, The Roadmap, for more resources and more support. And of course, this podcast is going to be filled with information for you. The next question. This is a question vegans often ask. And this is a question phrased in a different way that vegans get asked. Do I really need to supplement vitamin B12? The answer is yes. No question about it. If you're fully vegan you need to supplement vitamin B12 or eat enough foods that are fortified with B12. Is it because meat is its only source? No. B12 is a bacteria-based vitamin, but it can be found in the gut of animals, which is why as vegans, we need to incorporate it through a supplement or supplemented or fortified foods. Now, I personally prefer to take a supplement and have my bases covered since B12 deficiency can be very serious, irreversible, and life-threatening. And since I really don't eat the same foods every day, a supplement is just the easiest way to ensure my intake and something that is very important. Now, to, to know how much you have to supplement, how frequently use the incredible chart by registered dietitian nutritionist Jack Norris, I'm going to be providing a link for that. Some people often ask me if this isn't a sign that a vegan diet is incomplete. To this, I always say that one little supplement twice a week or smaller daily supplement, if you choose that route or however you decide is best for you to take it in exchange for all of the benefits this diet can bring to your health, the environment and the animals. It's a very sweet payoff. No diet on this planet is absolutely perfect or without its downsides, but from everything I've read and researched, and especially from all the scientific research we now have, a well-balanced vegan diet comes pretty close to ideal, and taking a B12 supplement is a part of that. Another question we get asked, if vegan diets are such a healthy way to eat, 
Why hasn't my doctor recommended it? I think this has changed in recent years, and I think a lot of doctors are recommending it. But I can speak to this from very personal experience since both my husband, Bramble's co-founder and an awesome plant-based doc, and my father-in-law, not to mention 80% of our friends, are all practicing medical doctors, many of whom, after thorough investigation and interrogation from me, confessed to have received few hours of training in the field of nutrition, let alone plant-based nutrition. And those who have, have come to it often from their own dietary choices or their patient-specific needs and having to really like purposely go into all of this. They often also don't recommend it because they just haven't been exposed to it. And sometimes when they do know this way of eating could be beneficial because they think most patients won't be compliant or follow through with such a big change in the diet, they'll focus more on disease and medication management as the more direct course of action because they want to ensure that the patient is going to do what they're meant to do to control whatever issue they're trying to manage. Remember also that doctors are human beings too. They are also at the end of many of the myths and preconceptions many people have about vegan diets and on the importance of meat-centered diets and protein and all of these things. Protein, as you heard, is important, but you can get it from plants. Many doctors I know have had to jump over the hurdle of their own preconceptions to then learn about the specifics of vegan nutrition and then be able to support patients through the process. This is changing though. More and more doctors these days are becoming aware of the effect our food has on our health and resources and are beginning to include this as part of treatment and prevention or are at least able to support you if you're interested in making this change for ethical reasons. Now, we have a little resource library at Brown Bolt, and I'm going to be linking to it in the show notes. And there you'll find a fantastic plant-based doctor directory where you can search for physicians who are well-versed in these issues and know about vegan diets and vegan nutrition, as well as plant-based nutritionists who can help you with any specific issues or conditions you might be struggling with or that can simply support you on your journey. These directories are a godsend and I love sharing them because you can really find a physician that understands what you're trying to do and that will support you in the very best way possible. Okay, last question for today's episode. Is it safe to eat some of the ready-made vegan meat alternatives? And here you can include any other alternative products, vegan products that are there to sort of substitute the animal-based products. Vegan meat alternatives can be a good source of protein, are often fortified with other nutrients, they're satisfying, they're filling, they're familiar, and they can help many people stick to this diet for longer, giving you a greater chance to take in all of the diet's benefits in the long run. Some newer brands are making fantastic products, so start exploring and experimenting. And since you'll also be filling your plate with so many of the fresh fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, and other staples of a vegan diet, there's no reason why you should stay away from these products. I include them in my diet when I'm craving something meaty, and I've also learned how to make many of these at home using vegetables, grains, beans, etc., 
like for example, our delicious breakfast sausages that I teach you how to make in our free breakfast and brunch course. You can find that at bramble.com forward slash breakfast. And of course, the many recipes you'll find within our YouTube channel and our online membership program, all filled with delicious vegan meatiness. And of course, if you do not have access to these products and they're not available where you live, you have all of the wonderful foods that you can find at your regular store that come from nature that are going to provide the nutrients you need, provided you are making sure to eat enough of them. There is so much more to say when it comes to the questions we get asked as vegans, the questions we might have when we first go vegan, and we'll continue on with nine more in next week's episode. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us reach more people who are interested in making more vegan choices and need some support. Remember that you can find all of the show notes, links, and many additional resources for this episode in the description below. And of course, don't forget to visit bramble.com to learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog posts. Till next time, everyone. 